Motherhood is yet another season that reminds me of a truth I cannot and will not get away from. That life requires God. Everything in life, every season, stage, age, wherever you are, requires God. And, you know, being a mom, your time with him is, is different and he speaks to you in different ways. And for me, it came a couple weeks ago when I was changing out the batteries in one of our many machines. Um, everything pretty much that Bo has requires batteries. His swing, his sound machine, um, little, you know, night images that project on the wall I mean all kinds of things and I was in the kitchen standing over the dishwasher with all these machines kind of laid out trying to replace all the batteries because they weren't working and I felt like I had just put in new batteries and all of a sudden in the midst of that the Lord just began to speak to me as I looked at some of the boxes of these items were brand new and it came on the box two phrases assembly required and requires in this case double-a batteries and for whatever reason just the Lord in interjected in the only a way he can and he said Sarah just like these machines come packaged with instructions that tells you assembly is going to be required and that a power source is going to be required so are you you are packaged in a way that requires me you see without power these machines that Josh and I paid a pretty penny for will not do what they were designed and purchased to do you have to put in the batteries you've got to put in the power source in order for these to work the second part is you've got to be able to turn them on so you might put the batteries in but if you can't figure out how to turn them on and fully activate that power then they're also not gonna do what they were required to do we are no different we are packaged in a way under God's design that we come with instructions we come with assembly assembly required you know how we're to assemble with the Holy Spirit all that word means is the action of gathering or fitting together for a designated purpose assembly to assemble the action of gathering or fitting together for a designated purpose and we are to do that with the Holy Spirit to join together fit together with him for the purposes that God has designed for us because you see he is our power source he indwells us and we might be full of him saved by him but unless we turn him on and activate the Holy Spirit in our lives we will wind up working and trying to function out of our own strength and believe me that will die out quickly your batteries are not unlimited your power source in fact was designed with limits because God wants to be required by you for everything you do in everything you're living in at every stage of your life he wants you to require him no matter what season of life you're in are you aware that it requires God so listen 
guess what? The season you are in now is what makes you require God most. He puts you there. Not for you to function out of your own power and to try to muster up your, your energy sources and your fuel from your, from your own abilities. He puts you in whatever season you're in that you might require him. Because you see, he is the Energizer Bunny, okay, in this scenario. He is limitless. His power is beyond measure. And the Holy Spirit, if you are a child of God, has dwelt within you. And the scripture talks about being full of the Spirit, yes, but also walking by the Spirit, turning Him on, so to speak, that you might function out of His power within you to do whatever lies before you. So whether you're single or married, whether you're a mom or not, divorced, longing for something, employee or employer, it doesn't matter. It is his power in and through you that will make it all work. So wherever you are, learn that lesson now. Because as seasons change, and as I'm learning being a mom now, that truth stays with you. So I've been journeying with the Lord for 20 plus years. And a long time ago, he worked within me the knowledge that I need him. I need him for everything. It's just another way of saying I require him. Well, being a mom has highlighted that even more. Every season highlights our need of God. I need God to be for me and in me and through me. Everything that my son Boaz requires. But for me to be all that my son requires, I have to require God to be all that he is. You see, I'm not mothering out of my own power, my own strength. In the moments that I feel like I am, that I'm walking according to the flesh, according to logic, according to what I feel like the expectations and responsibilities and requirements are on me, that are just coming from me, y'all, that, that is a death sentence. It doesn't work. And I'm so grateful that God keeps me on a short leash, so to speak. And he draws me in. He says, Sarah, I never expected you or asked of you to do any of this in and out of your own strength. It is when you are weak that my strength is required and perfected. So parenting, marriage, keeping a house, having a healthy body, y'all fill in the blank. Whatever it is, you have to realize, and at some point you will, that God is required for that. And so as I stood that day in my kitchen, I just sensed the Lord speaking that to me and saying, Sarah, my power source is unlimited. You don't have to change me over and over again. You see, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. I am full of inexhaustible resources for everything you have and everything you need. Rely on me. Require me. Get this. The more we require him, y'all, the more he will reveal himself in your life, in your day. If you don't really think you need God, then your eyes are not really going to see him show up. The more you're aware of your need, the more you require God, 
the more he is going to reveal himself and show up. Because you see, the whole idea of requiring him is just another way of saying, remain in him, abide in him, need him, rely upon everything he is, everything he promised, to do everything that's in front of you, and to be everything you want to be. Stop getting in your own power about it, your own mindset, and whatever you think is required of you. So let me ask you a question. What do you think more on? What God requires of you? Or what you require of Him? A lot of people focus more on what God requires of them. And I believe He wants to flip that around today for you. I believe He wants to change your perspective because Scripture, cover to cover, was exactly about people not ever meeting the requirements of God. Only Christ could and did. And therefore, we're not to think on that perspective anymore. It isn't about what he requires of us. It's about how much do we require of him to be him. The enemy's greatest, one of his greatest tactics I think is to get women to think more on the responsibilities and the requirements that they believe God expects them to fulfill. And that could not be farther from the focus of the scripture. In fact, he wanted to silence that and say, look, from the very beginning, my requirements, by the way, were perfect. He required perfection. Well, hey, anybody who's perfect in the room raise your hand okay nobody we can't ever we could not ever pre-christ meet the requirements of god because it was just one word perfection and yet there are women and believe me i was in this boat years ago before god revealed to me as a perfectionist that perfection is only accountable to christ he is the only one responsible for perfection I mean, can I get an amen? Like, stop living under the premise that you're to be perfect. And that's what God expects of you. That you're to be a perfect mom and have exactly the right wisdom and, you know, have all the energy in the world and every now and then ask for God's assistance. No. Jesus was the only one that was perfect. So the requirements of God have been met. So let's move on. Let's stop thinking that way and let's think more on man I want to exhaust because you never can the resources of God they're inexhaustible they're limitless use him rely upon him require of him and his activity more than what you require of yourself like why would we do that it's like an endless recharged completely full battery all the time that we have access to and yet we keep using like the cheap you know dollar store version of whatever the battery brand is and we have to keep replacing it it keep dying it keep dying out and or it dies out and whatever we're using isn't working properly okay that's very similar to us 
Why in the world would we rely upon a power source, us, that gives out over and over and over again when we have a limitless, fully energized, available, intimate, near God that wants to be everything for you and wants to do everything through you and for you. There is a scripture verse in the Old Testament so that we can just silence this once and for all that does talk about what God requires. And again, this is pre-Christ. This is Old Testament. But when when we talk about this, that's probably where a lot of y'all's thought would go is, well, the scripture, Micah 6, 8, does say very clearly, this is what God requires. It actually uses that phraseology. So I just want to read it to you really quickly so that we can move beyond thinking and spending our lives thinking on what God requires of us because he really wants to change that. He wants you to require more of him. Um, So listen to this verse. Let's just read it out loud and then I'm going to kind of put it in its context. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly before your God. Now that's the NIV. I want to read the NAS, which is typically the translation that I um, study from. Let me just get there. Well, one second. Micah 6, 8. Okay. He has shown you, O man or woman, what is good. And what does Jehovah, the Lord, require of you? But to do justice, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Now what's interesting about this verse that stands out to me so clear, it's a model of Christ. Who acted justly? Who loves kindness? Who walked humbly with his God? This is all pre-Christ, remember. These are requirements of God that only Christ could meet, and he did. And now if you're a child of him, he lives on the inside of you. And so by that sheer fact alone, the more you require him to be him, the more he in you will act justly, love kindness, and walk humbly with the Father. You see, it's a model of Christ empowered by Christ. These actions, these requirements, they're all empowered by Christ. We are living in A.D., right? We're living after Christ. He changed history. He changed spiritual history, not just physical. And even the stories and the characters in the scripture in the Old Testament, they didn't have the appropriate indwelling power that we have accessible to us via the Holy Spirit. And it's mystical and it's crazy and supernatural and hard to to even wrap our brains around that we have a new power source, that we have a new nature, that we have a new function in our bodies to actually work from. It's, It's kind of crazy, but it's true. It's what the Bible says. And God writes stories more honestly about us requiring him than him requiring us. 
I mean, even think about all the stories in the scripture, even the ones that were pre-Christ in the Old Testament. They were really stories that showed the failure of the people's power in, this, in the beautiful success and the rescue of God coming through once they required him. Think about Abraham and Isaac on the mountain in Genesis 22. How that really showed Abraham requiring God to be God, otherwise he was going to kill his son. Think about Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat before the army in Second Chronicles 20. He had a multitude coming before him. He was a king, but he didn't require his own strength. He admitted he didn't have any strength and said, Father, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I love that line in that story. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. It's another way of saying, I don't know about this circumstance. I, I, my strength is failing, but Father, I'm looking to you. I'm requiring you to show up and be God. And I'm going to stop trying to be who you already are. You see, I think we try to be God. We try to expect more of ourselves than even the Creator does. Because He wants to be demanded of in a respectful way. He wants to be required. Think about Noah and the flood, Genesis 6 and, and 9, both of those chapters. Think about how much he had to require God to get two of every animal to actually bring the rain. They'd never seen rain before. We're seeing torrential rains. <laughs> I mean, right now, the current state of our country is in shock and awe with, with what's happening in Houston. But think about these people. They had never seen rain, ever. Water from heaven. And the earth even underneath broke forth. Noah had to require God because he was going to look insane. People thought he was. He was just nuts. But he had to require God to make good on his promise. And to bring what seemed impossible, the rain as well as the animals, and to save them from a flood that seemed like it was going to consume them. And Noah and his family were saved. It was a story less about what God required of Noah and more about what Noah required of God. I mean, think about 1 Samuel 17, David and Goliath. Hello. Massive story that shows how much God was necessary for a victory. Daniel 5 and 6 Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace. They required God. In fact, God, the more they, they required him, he actually revealed himself. There was a fourth man in the furnace, and I believe it was a what they call a Christophany, an experience or a visual uh, picture or reality of Jesus before he ever had come. Daniel chapter 3, you can read it for yourself. The more they required him, he actually revealed himself. Elijah calling down fire in 1 Kings 18 with the prophets of Baal. Lazarus being raised from the dead. John 11. Paul in prison. Acts 16. The little girl who died. Mark 5. I mean, the stories go on and on, even the ones in the Old Testament. But I even think about Jesus in Luke 22. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus required God. He required his strength. And I know it's really hard to wrap our finite brains around it because Jesus was God, is God, and yet he is and was 100% man. 
And in that moment in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke chapter 22, Jesus models for us desperation on the Father, requirement of God like none other, to the point where he sweated out his pores blood. It's how much he needed everything the Father was going to give him. He needed endurance. He needed patience. He needed willingness to go through what was around the corner for him, which was to die in our stead. The crucifixion, the horrible death that he did not deserve because he was the only one that met the requirement of God and died for all of us who never did and never could. And yet in that moment, on the eve of that night, he modeled for us requiring of the Father and a submission to the Father like none other. God has a pattern of being required, ladies. I don't know what he's going to use in your life, but whatever it is, good or hard, it is to bring you to the revelation that the more you need him, the more you will see him show up for you and in you. You're not supposed to live this life on your own strength with a little bit of sprinkled help from God every now and then. You don't want God's help, trust me. You want his action. You want him to do it, to do everything for you. You want his presence, his Emmanuelness, more than his assistance. And sometimes, and a lot of the time, I would even say, it's in the 11th hour. It's in the nick of time. It's at the most critical moment, unpredictable second, when you have to see the Lord come through. That he does. He is an 11th hour unpredictable God, but he is never changing and always trustworthy. He is not evil or joyous of tormenting us by waiting to show up to the last second. No. But he does enjoy extending our faith to the ledge, to the point of sheer God requirement. Why? Why does he love to do that? Why could he? Because look, he could come in and answer your prayers way before you ever got to the place of need. But why? Why would he wait? It's not that he's withholding. The scripture makes it very clear. No, no good thing does he withhold from those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. But he does wait. Withholding and waiting are different. Why does he wait to come in? sometimes and to reveal himself in that moment of sheer need until the 11th hour. I really think it's because it's it's found in Hebrews 11:6. He wants to reward those who require him. You see without faith it's impossible to please him. But if you have faith and you really only know if you have faith if you've waited and believed for something. You don't really get to check the faith box if you've never really waited or believed for something. Because that didn't really require faith, right? So without faith, we can't please him. But we also know that Hebrews 11.1 1 says that he is the author of our faith. 
that we don't even have to come up with that. And so the more he employs our faith in him, the more he can reward us with him, with more of himself. Don't you want to have a life full of God stories? Josh and I have so many God stories. I could bore you to death. I mean, I don't think they're boring. They're actually very exciting. We, we live a life full of stories. And maybe on the outside to someone else, these stories would seem small and insignificant. Um, some are massive and big. Um, but to us, every single one of the times where God revealed himself, where he provided, where he saved us, where he protected us, where he spoke to us in his word, where something happened circumstantially or internally, and again, we've got hundreds on all different spectrums. Every time that happens, we grew in our faith because we required of him so much. Hebrews 11.6 He wants to reward you, those of you who require him. A couple other verses that you can kind of look up later on your own is 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7 and Exodus 20, 20 that talk about this idea of requiring him, longing for his activity in our life more than we live in our own activity to please God. He tests our faith, yes. He doesn't tempt it. He's not trying to destroy your faith, and that's why he's waiting to the 11th hour. He's trying to grow your faith and to show his glory to you and to the watching world. God has to wait sometimes to the last minute to engage your faith, to activate him in order to really teach you utter dependence. You understand that, right? Waiting is part of his tool, just like being required is part of his pattern. But he is in time, just in time sometimes, but he is in time, on time, every time. Faith requires God, and God requires faith. Can't separate the two. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do anything if I require God for everything. That's my paraphrase of that verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, he basically re reframed it for me and said, Sarah, you can do anything. So fill in the blank. Lose weight, motherhood, you know, serving my husband, leading an organization, blah 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 whatever your anything is you can do anything if you require me for everything and ladies believe me I do I have come way too close many times to just seeing how poor my strength really is and how just un um, unable I am really and that because of that I've come face to face many times with just how able God is and I'm fully aware that I can't do anything apart from him I get that part <laughs> and I'm learning 
I can do everything that's in front of me as I require him to do it all for me. Even what's in my wheelhouse. We're not talking about everything that's hard in front of you. Sure, that's a given. But y'all, even things that you think you're good at, even things that are your wheelhouse, so to speak, he doesn't want you to rely on your own strength for that either. In fact, that's probably the harder test because you because you think you're good at it. Because in your own strength, you can you can kind of rock it apart from him. That is all the more of a test to depend upon his ability more than your own. So can you think of any examples? Can you think of any stories when you required God and he showed up? Can you think of any times where your power gave out because you were working it, you were living in your own strength and finally it just absolutely gave out? You see, the more we require of God, the more we will receive from him and he will show up. Y'all, I require him for everything. I require him for guidance, for comfort, for truth. Man, we're living in an era where we've got to require God to be our truth. Because it's being twisted and tainted all around us. And if you don't know the word of God, if you don't know and have him as your authority and your guide and your director and your wise counsel, you will get confused and go astray. Man, I require him for truth. For self-control, patience, dedication. I require him to be my companion. Sometimes you just feel alone. Even if you're married. He is your companion. I require him for my righteousness, my perfection before the Father. You see, he became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. So the Father, when he looks at us, he actually sees us having completed every requirement. That blows my mind because I know in my own strength how I have failed. So really quickly, last four things. I want you to write down trust, tension, tears, and trials. These are things that require God, but these are also things that reveal God. Trust, tension, tears, and trials. Trust, Matthew 9:29. Tension, Psalm 46:1, Hebrews 4:16. Tears, Psalm 50, 15, John 15, 7, Psalm 56, 8, Trials, Hebrews 5, 8. So in short, requiring God is basically what it kind of looks like. <laughs> if you want a formula, though I'm very hesitant to ever give formulas because a Christian life is not wrapped up in one. Requiring God is, is faith in God, need for God, asking of God, and obedience to God. So like the batteries in the beginning, are you full of the Holy Spirit? 
Have you engaged and activated and turned on his endless energizing power for all of your needs in every season? If you're not experiencing more of him showing up in your life, then maybe it's because you're not requiring him to do so. Circumstances and emotions, both of those require God. And I want you to see him more revealed in and through your life. Thank you, Father, that you put us in seasons and places where we require you most so that we never lose our need of you and we can live life not just in a basic church-granted faith, but an active, intimate, risky, adventurous faith that's tested and tried and proven true time and time again. You have never let us down. You are always faithful. And I pray that whoever listens to this would hear you inviting them to require you to be you in and through their lives. Show up in power, God. In Jesus' name, amen.